Well, hello, hello, and welcome to The Messy Table. Whether you've joined us for nearly every single episode or it happens to be your first time here, this is a place where we can gather together, kick off our shoes, and pause long enough to remember that God is at work in our mess. Yes, even before He flung planets into space or created His people to fill the earth, even before the first sunrise, the first breath, the first rebellion, God had a plan. And not just for the whole big wide world, but also for you, right where you are. Well, if we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast. Plus, joining me for an extra special episode today are my sweet friends, Amy Groeschel and Cindy Beal, which is really super fun to all be together. And y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church where, bottom line, we are just passionate about sharing the hope we have in Jesus. Because if we're honest, we desperately need it. And we figure you might too. So today looks pretty similar to our usual podcast setup, but also a little different. Instead of pressing into a personal story and highlighting truth, we're just leaning into truth and letting scripture tell the story. A little truth from the table, if you will. Basically, we're taking a deeper look at a well-known Bible verse, a popular yet often misinterpreted Bible verse, because as we all know, there is always more to the story. So Amy, Cindy, and I have each been studying Jeremiah 29, 11 on our own, and now we're coming together to chat, to listen, to share some ideas, because there's power in reading the Word of God, and we would love for you to be a part. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. All right. Well, as we mentioned, we're doing something a little different today. But first, I've got Cindy Beal and Amy Groeschel here okay. with me. What's up? Thankful. It's Great a good to day. be here in this company with you women. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're eager to just dig into the Word. Cindy, yeah. you want to kick us off? Yeah, I do. So I want to dive into a verse in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is probably the most quoted so verse. So popular. I know ever, it. I know right? this verse. We yeah. could all probably say it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're digging into one verse, but to understand it, we're going to actually refer to Jeremiah chapter 27, chapter 28, and then, of course, the first 14 verses of 29. We're going to paraphrase that. So don't worry, listeners. I'm not reading two and a half chapters from Jeremiah. Let's go. What's yeah. the verse say? Though? The verse says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope. And a future. Oh man, that sounds good. Right? Yes. That's a good verse. So I, it's, I love this I mean, we, verse. it's printed on t-shirts. It is etched <laughs> on mugs. It is stamped on greeting cards. People have this on their mantles. Graduation announcement. This is yeah. the verse. It the is future. our spiritual security blanket mm-hmm. in hard times. And it is true. God mm-hmm. is our hope. He wants us to hope. He has good plans. They are the best plans. He doesn't want us to be harmed. Those are all true. But I think sometimes we assume that this means that our suffering and our hard times are going to be very short-lived and they, yeah. they may not last very long. And right. so, but we'd be doing ourselves a huge disservice if we didn't look at the context. Right. Yes. And so context is key. And it so mm-hmm. the side note to this little part here is if you really want to understand the Bible, learn the context, yeah. understand the story, Look back to the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are so important. Right. It's, it's just probably not wise Very to pick good. and choose verses, uh, at least to understand what's going on. So right. let me jump into the background a little bit before I hear mm-hmm. from you gals. So Jeremiah is the uh, prophet. Obviously, the book is written in his name. Mm-hmm. And 
He was prophesying to the Israelites in the southern kingdom of Judah Mm -hmm. before they were taken captive in year 586 B.C., which is a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. And they were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And so two chapters before that in 27, Jeremiah tells them, you're going to serve King Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to serve his son, and you're going to serve his grandson, and that everything would be under their control. He's telling this to his, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And here's a little interesting tidbit in Jeremiah 27, 6. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar is actually called God's servant. Yeah, hmm. so strange. Right? That is so hard for us yeah. to think that a ruthless king. Pagan king. Pagan. Yeah. I mean, they were taken from their homeland. Mm-hmm. Everything was lost. They were held in exile in a foreign land. Mm-hmm. And so, but he's God's servant. So Even we, though he's not a believer no, in no. God, at unpack least not that. at this point. <laughs> Let's yes. unpack that right yes. there. Mm-hmm. I just think God can use a paper bag if you want right. to. Yeah. And Whenever. he's the king of kings. And so that would say the kings of the earth, they are the servants of God under his sovereign rule. That's right. really good. Whether they realize it or not. Right. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that every evil act that a king commits, that doesn't mean that God wants that necessarily to happen. We have free will. People make evil choices. Right. But under God's ultimate sovereignty, um, he can work all things together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jen, you were talking to me about some more background about like even why they were taken into captivity. Oh, yeah. That's important. As we were talking about having this discussion, I was just reading the whole book of Jeremiah. Because let's face yeah. it, the three of us are total nerds when it comes to Bible study. <laughs> that's we right. love it. Yes. And so, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, Cindy, I think some things that you mentioned that are so important. Anytime you're reading scripture, you need to understand, okay, who wrote this book? To whom was it written? When was it written? What was happening during that mm-hmm. time period, which you just kind of mm-hmm. went over? And then second, I think we need to understand why these Jewish people were heading into exile. Right. right. And it's because of something that isn't super popular these days. We don't mm-hmm. want to talk about sin. Yeah. Who wants to tell us what's right and what's wrong right. in America? Mm-hmm. We right. do our own version of truth. That's right. Mm-hmm. But it was. It was because of their sin. And it's really clear in all the chapters leading up. So Jeremiah warned them with a quite unpopular message about their sin, y'all, for 23 years. And so I'm just going to read a few of these sins because I think we need to know the bad news Mm -hmm. before we can ever understand why the good news is beneficial. That's great. That's great. And so some of the sins mentioned in earlier chapters include, but are not limited to. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a little um, commercial. That's (laughs) what I'm going for. So they constantly plot evil, seeking to be great and rich. They refuse to provide justice to orphans, deny Mm -hmm. the rights of the poor. They built pagan shrines and burned burned their sons and daughters in the fires as sacrifice. So mm-hmm. anytime guys we're talking that you feel like God's being too harsh, just let's come back to come that. Back to yeah. what it was. Um, and then prophets were giving false prophecies. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem is full of violence and destruction. They refuse to obey God's instructions. Mm-hmm. Their lives are ruled by greed. Jeremiah 6, 14 says they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give mm-hmm. assurance of peace when there is no peace. Mm-hmm. God told them, stop your evil thoughts and deeds. 
start treating each other with justice. Stop mm-hmm. exploiting foreigners, orphans, widows. Stop murdering. Stop harming yourselves by worshiping idols, which are no real gods at all. Right. They think they are wise, but cling tightly to lies instead. Do not repent. They refuse to stand up for truth. They work on the Sabbath. They utterly refuse to acknowledge God. They speak friendly words, but scheme in their hearts to kill. They rejoice in doing evil. They murder the innocent. They oppress the poor. They commit adultery. They love dishonesty. They're prideful, arrogant. They love to have a false sense of security. Mm. They encourage those who do evil. They love to wander far from God. Don't restrain themselves. Man. They rely on human strength. This is a great list. They love to other nations. They look to other nations for alliances Mm -hmm. and for protection instead Mm -hmm. of looking to God. So I think it can be summed up in this verse, Jeremiah 2.13, that says, For my people have done two evil things. Mm -hmm. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns Mm -hmm. that can hold no water at all. Yes. And so as we read this, I don't know about you guys, but there are some things like burning your sons and daughters, Uh, you know, that maybe I'm like, man, look at them. But other things I'm like, man, look at me. Mm -hmm. Look at us. That was so important that you highlighted and you went through like this long list because the longer you listed these things, it's like the greater our eyes can be open to like, wow, the weightiness of that. So I wanted to stress something else that was going on because God's compassion, his mercy, his long suffering, his patience was ridiculous for this time. Oh, yeah, of he's sin like, just turn for so long. Just repent. And they wouldn't listen again and again for those 23 years of the prophecies from Jeremiah. But the thing that um, also grabs me as I read in Jeremiah is that these people, they knew God's word and they had his temple in Jerusalem and they looked to the temple as their safety and they went there and they were still, mm-hmm. even though they were wa- worshiping false gods and making other idols and following other false gods, they were still practicing uh, sacrifices in the temple. They were still going to God and worshiping and chanting sayings about their safety. Mm-hmm. And so they were so deceived and blinded because they had, you might want to say, a form of godliness, mm-hmm, a right. form of this. And so it was so hard for them to see how far off they had gone oh, yeah. because, you know, I think that speaks into today where you Uh, have people following this world and following the lust of their flesh, but then they're still saying, but I am a Christian and I follow God Mm -hmm. because I do these things. I pray, I read my Bible. And they were doing religious Jewish custom yeah. religious things. Right. And things God kept culture. saying, mm-hmm. I don't care about those sacrifices. I, mm-hmm. about your I, heart. I want your heart. Yeah. So it was very great, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about those false prophets that were coming in. And that actually leads us to Jeremiah chapter 28, mm-hmm. where Hananiah, yep. he comes in and he's telling the, the people, he's like, hey, guys, don't worry. In two years, God's going to bring you back home. All He's going to restore well. it all. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah probably got a little little ticked off there. Yes. And he was like, uh, no, Hananiah, that is not true. Mm-hmm. And and just really challenged him and even told Hananiah, hey, you're actually going to die. And mm-hmm. two months later, Hananiah was dead. So my thought here is Jeremiah's got the better track record. So we're yes. going to go with him <laughs> instead of Hananiah. But it's just crazy how many, you know, 
Hannah and I was just one of the yes. people that would come in as a false prophet. And so easy for us to want to hear. Oh, I want to hear the two-year plan mm-hmm. of suffering instead of, of the 70-year plan. Or the two-day or the two-hour. Yes. I'd right. rather, okay, God, I learned my lesson today. Let's let's make it through this right mm-hmm. now. Yes. And I think that's still happening today, this kind of prosperity gospel of like, if you're following God, then all will be well. And mm-hmm. God wants you to be mm-hmm. healthy, wants you to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that those things can't be included in part of God's individual plan for somebody. And he obviously uses generosity and different things, but it is appealing. And who doesn't want that? But I think we have to ask ourselves, what is prosper? What does to prosper really Mm -hmm. mean Mm -hmm. as God is talking in Jeremiah 29, 11? And then of course, he wasn't speaking that to us. He was speaking that to an individual people at that time. Correct. So... And even in chapter, as we go into chapter 29, where he's continues to address them, um, it says in verse five, Jeremiah is encouraging the people to go ahead and live your life. So they're in exile. They were mm-hmm. over in Babylon. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, live your life while you're serving this king. And then he says, build homes mm-hmm. and plan to stay. Right. Go read it. Jeremiah 29, five. Right. I mean, your version may be different, but that's the essence is go ahead, build your homes, plan to stay. And I just, can we stop for a second there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people, granted, they've done some really awful things. God has allowed a ruthless king to come and take them, you know, into exile. But he still says, go ahead, you know what? Plan to stay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an astounding thing. When he says to build homes, because yeah, then build he homes, says, plant, mm-hmm. harvest, that's what he says. He have says, babies. plant gardens, get married, mm-hmm. have children, yeah. get your children a spouse and have grandchildren. And yes. and I just think that, you know, they are in a season where it is so hard. And I would just say for us sitting here at this table mm-hmm. and for those listening, think about the hardest thing you've ever gone through. You know, we probably mm-hmm. have a picture in our mind of something mm-hmm. for me. The hardest thing was walking through my marriage catastrophe mm-hmm. 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have something. Could be a season of infertility. Mm-hmm. Could be watching someone you love suffer from illness. Now, Amy, I know you've been there and are still there. It's watching people suffer from depression, anxiety. It could mm-hmm. be marriage. It could mm-hmm. be children. It could be death. So yes. many. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even just death of a loved one. But all these people, they were experiencing all those hard things because mm-hmm. They're not in their land anymore. They've lost family members. They don't have their king anymore. And God said, plan to stay. Yeah. Well, I think this is such a picture of God's grace because even though they had sinned and God had said, if you don't turn from your sin, then your city is going to be destroyed. Your temple is going to be destroyed. But he took a remnant and allowed them to go into exile. And even in exile, there was a form of protection and he preserved those people. Well, he says it right here in verse seven, Jeremiah tells him, work for the peace and prosperity of the city, or God saying this through Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. where I sent you into exile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said to pray for its welfare. This is Babylon. Pray for the welfare of the city because that will determine your welfare. Mm. So can you imagine working Mm -hmm. to better a place where you are basically being held captive? That is what Jeremiah is telling these people. The tendency is that we want, as um, just people, we want to resist 
when something doesn't go negative, away the way we think. Right. Anything bad. And so, of course, it seems so confusing to say, God, you want us to stay and you want us to carry on and you want us to pray for and do good under mm-hmm. evil rulership where we are captive, when we are your chosen people and belong back in our land. Mm-hmm. So this is confusing because it doesn't sound like the promise of Abraham. Sure. It is, you know, the punishment of God for their sins, but all yeah. the while God's doing this redeeming work and there's such a long it's long-term a, redeeming a long-term work. <laughs> redeeming work. And so I want us to consider why not just for their personal lives in getting to know God through their suffering and uh, turning back to him for their own hearts, for God's chosen people. But what could be another reason? And something when I read this again in the context, God opened my eyes and I got so excited to consider the blessing, the covenant of Abraham was to bless Abraham, to make him great, but also that he would be a blessing to all nations Mm. because the gospel is for all people. And so it's beautiful that he's never just working one side of the field here. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's the master multitasker. That's right. I like that. (laughs) That's good. He's for all people. He was for these Babylonians, these evil people too, to know him and to reveal himself. And so you think about this remnant that was preserved living in captivity. And I believe just he wants them to get to know himself through seeing their lives lived out there peacefully. Mm -hmm. So how beautiful is that? Our pain and suffering and trial isn't always about us, but it's about the witness and the testimony of people seeing Mm -hmm. what God has done through us knowing him. Right. So, well, in Jeremiah 29, 11 was spoken to God's people in the middle of uncertainty and suffering and frustration, like mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But still that verse, Cindy, that mm-hmm. you just read is saying that God's people, even in those circumstances can thrive, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. be a place Flourish. where other people are loved yes. and where abundance can flow peace even in -hmm. the midst of that now i'm not saying they're going to be super wealthy and they're going to have all the material possessions and they're never going to get sick like i'm not saying that but god is promising that he will be with them yeah yes well and there's so much about the word of god that we just as as human beings with finite minds will not grasp Mm -hmm. that's why we keep studying it because we learn more things i mean i'm just now coming to this place all of this from this verse just jumped out at me. I know we were all studying it separately, mm-hmm. but like as I was writing something for you, Virgin, last year, this was my study and it was just mm-hmm. profound. And mm-hmm. here's what I found. And so 2911 is the famous verse. One verse before, verse 10. Mm-hmm. This is what it says. Jeremiah tells them they will be in Babylon for 70 years, mm-hmm. seven zero, that is seven decades. Most people <laughs> listening to this podcast mm-hmm. are not 70. No. And so it's a lifetime. They basically. Will, but not then even. after those 70 years, they will be brought home again. And then comes the beautiful verse 11, for I know the plans I have for mm-hmm. you, declares yes. the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope. So this and was a written future. at the beginning of the 70 years. The beginning of the 70 years. And so I'm just blown away at I mean, I have a million takeaways, but I'm blown away at that right before 11, he tells them 70 years. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean, again, that God doesn't want us to hope, that he doesn't have plans that he wants us to join. That's not what I'm saying. But understand the biggest takeaway for me was don't wait. Like, don't wait to Mm. do 
whatever you think you're supposed to be doing for God or live for God. And so my two word phrase that my takeaway was is grow now. Hmm. Yes. Like right now. Like yes. When do I grow? Now. Grow when, when is you're, now? Where now. you're planted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right where you are. And so I mean, we could talk on that. Well, the truth, it's so good, Cindy, and growing now, growing where we're planted, the Jeremiah 29, 11, beautiful truth of God was not just true for their future, but it was true in that moment. It was true Mm -hmm. in the years of God sending prophets to try to turn their hearts. God's plan was always to rescue them and to help them to turn from their wicked ways. And, you know, it makes me think about Psalms 23 and how God, as our good shepherd, says, as they're there for 70 years, that his plan is that he can spread a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You know, they looked at the Babylonians as their enemies, yet they had to live among them. And God says, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And the good that he had for them, the blessings and the hope that he had for them was was right there as he spread tables for them in the presence of Mm -hmm. their enemy. And he walked with them through the shadow and the valley of death. And so... Yes, it's mm-hmm. it is a true verse that we need to have on our coffee mugs. Yeah. It's it's just we need to understand, understand when we get that yeah. context. There's more beneath there the is a richness oh, it's that so rich. helps us to when we're wrestling put uh, our total trust in the long story of God's work, Mm -hmm. that it isn't just a day's work, a month's work. It's a very long Mm -hmm. story and it involves a lot of people. Well, and you know, this past year for the majority, I mean, I would say the world has been hard navigating how to walk through having virus issues and Mm -hmm. containing this, this thing that's a killer. And it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. And I've heard more people just say, oh, can't wait till 2021. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. You know, you've heard <laughs> yes. it. You've heard it all. And so here we are. But I think mm-hmm. um, still <laughs> there were things we could do still back then. And I'm yes. not, you know, it's just my point is where you are. Right don't now. put off Today. the growth. Yes. Don't put off what you right. think God is leading you to do. Does it change? Did some of the ways that Chris and I had to learn to minister and reach out to mm-hmm. people and shepherd people last year change? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's work with that. But we still get to make an impact. We still get to grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the people. I mean, I'm just picturing my the people, the Israelites in exile. And I would think that... Um, Hello. We've got some construction going on. So yeah. if you hear sounds, it's not us. Yeah, not us. Um, so I would think God's plans of hope and a future probably didn't match what their idea was. Mm-mm. You know, they right. wanted to go home, mm-hmm. yet God said it would be 70 years. They wanted their own king, yet God said they would serve the Babylonian king. Mm. They wanted to flourish in their homeland, but God said to do that Mm. under a government that was holding them captive. And possibly the hardest part, in my opinion, was that the older generation, people that were like my age, would probably never go back home. Mm -hmm. They would die in a foreign land, serving a foreign king. And yet God told them, live your lives, have children, be merry, basically, in a sense. Mm -hmm. God is saying, you can still do all the things you want to do, 
You're just going to do it somewhere else. Well, you bring up a good point because I think the part of that verse that could be confusing is when it talks about um, a plan not to harm you. Right. Right? So like, what does that mean? How does that make sense in the larger context? Because like you just said, future hope doesn't always mean that everything will go well. It doesn't even mean that we won't suffer or die. Like you said, Um, what do you think? Yeah. Well, and I think that when it says not to harm, I mean, you talked about that briefly. Like, I mean, God's mercy, it was so good to them. They were so, they did so many terrible things. And then all these things happened and Mm -hmm. they were in exile. But then there was still this covering you Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier. And so we don't know um, what all that looked like. But my thought is just in my Cindy Bill thinking that, you know, God says, go ahead and plant and grow and live your lives and do good things so the city will thrive. And if they did that, there would be no harm mm-hmm. to them. That just right. kind of my, if I'm dissecting that a little bit, I can't mm-hmm. really. Well, God didn't yes. abandon them. Sure. Right. He was still with them. Right. He was still their God. They were still his people. Kind of makes me think this is probably a silly example, but it makes me think of when my kids, you know, not that they would ever get in they trouble. They would never get in trouble. <laughs> but if they're maybe not listening or not mm-hmm. obeying or having attitude or whatever is, hey, you can go hang out in your room, but you don't, you don't get the, the full benefit. Yeah. The full benefits of being in the family right sure. now. Like we're doing something fun. We're playing a game. We're watching right. a movie. And so you can go into exile in your room. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, Jules, kids are the only ones who know what the word exile I'm kidding. is. I don't I'm actually just kidding. say that. I'm friends. Just, that'd be so funny. <laughs> but your right? plan in that isn't for harm. It's yeah. for good. No. You want to do a work in their heart. Right, you right, want to right. restore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point too, that God is serious about sin, but he's also so serious about redemption. Sure. That's, that's why he sent oh, Jesus for girl, both of those preach things. That. Well, and that's why Jeremiah <laughs> tried to get their attention for 23 years. Yeah, that's the whole point. He did, you know, redemption. I think Jeremiah 29 and 11 doesn't mean that we'll somehow avoid challenges or elude situations mm-hmm. that are hard. It just mm-hmm. means that we can flourish and grow in the midst of them mm-hmm. in the thick of those difficulties. In fact, I was looking up, I'm a little bit of a word nerd, as you girls know. Um, <laughs> the definition for the word grow is to spring up and develop to maturity. So my point was mm-hmm. grow now. Yes. To grow, you actually have to go through something. Think of a seed in the That's ground. Good. When the seed grows into that plant, I think about mm-hmm. my tulips that are in my front mm-hmm. bed and that they're going to start sprouting probably in the next month because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They are in there, mm-hmm. but they have to grow through that soil through before it. there's fruit. And my yeah. point is, if we want to grow, we're usually going to have to grow through mm-hmm. something. That's great. I would even say the times in my life where things seemed simple and maybe easygoing, yeah. I'm probably not growing. I'm Maybe I'm mm-hmm. sustaining, mm-hmm. you know, but the growth happens through um, some of the, even the harder things in yeah. life. Well, and so and that's a lot of that initial growth is underground. Oh, it's the unseen. Roots, the roots not getting the, the yeah. foundation. Yeah. Right. That's so good. That's so good. We could, Robin Meadows would be so proud of us for talking about gardening analogies right now. So <laughs> but this is always what she's talking about is growth. just the yeah. the growth there. So, yeah, that's um, the essence of Jeremiah 29, 11, in a sense of just, you know, what are you doing where you are? Are you willing to go through the hard things? Are you willing to push through the pain? And that's just something that if we want to be the best version of ourselves and if we want to continually grow in the the knowledge and the um, goodness of who God is, then keep growing. And the best version of ourselves for many of God's prophets, for his disciples, the best version of themselves was following God, even if it meant death. Right. Absolutely. Which is the opposite of what our society tells us is success. Right. For sure. The... uh, 
the essence to me of Jeremiah 29, 11 is that we see God's heart. And man, Jen, you, I, I loved what you said about the redemption. That was his ultimate goal in all of this. And his heart was redemption. You know, I think of myself as a mom and how I feel about my kids. And when you mentioned, you know, sometimes having to send your kid to your room, your goal is redemption. Mm -hmm. Your goal is restoration. It's not to stay there forever. (laughs) And so his plans for us, when he says, oh, I just know that the Lord, when he says that, I can just see him going, Mm -hmm. oh, if you only knew, if Mm -hmm. you only understood my plans for you, they're so good. And you need to understand that you're having to go through this hardship because you've got to learn you can't live that way. I love you too much to allow you to live Mm. and turn from me and live in sin and not my ways. You've got to learn from it, but come back to me. I have such good plans. I have a plan full of hope. And the thing is, is what Cindy pointed out about the 70 years and the people that would never go back to their homeland. The hope that we have is not the kingdoms of this world. It's the kingdom of our God. We don't want to put our hope in a kingdom that's passing away. I don't put my Mm. hope in the United States or any nation of this world. Our hope. We're in ourselves. (laughs) Yes. The Lord said, Jesus, in his prayer in John 17, that we are not of this world and the world is going to hate us. Mm -hmm. So why put our hope there? And so that's why they could have hope and a future hope and a good hope, even if they had to die in a foreign enemy land because their hope and their kingdom was not in this world. And so it's just beautiful to know that uh, like second Corinthians four tells us that we carry in this earthen vessel, our bodies, the living hope. We have this treasure of Christ in us, the hope of glory, that though we have the light and momentary trials of life, Mm. and they feel horrible, we are grieving with you and so sorry. We've been there too. Life is so hard. But when our hope is in God, and we can trust his plans are good, that he wants what's best for us, then our light and momentary trials, we can persevere through them because Mm -hmm. they achieve for us an eternal glory. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 to me says, you can trust God's heart and his plans, no matter what situation, no matter how horrible and how painful and how much you want to resist and get out of dodge from that situation. (laughs) God is good. Mm -hmm. He is always good. His plans for you are for you to hope in him and trust in him. It's an eternal glory that we'll have with him. Well, and it's fastening our minds to those promises and those truths that you're speaking about instead of um, fastening it to the ease of a situation in our life. And so when we fix, for me, when I'm in a hard time, and it seems just more than I can bear. Mm-hmm. I just fix my sights on the day when mm-hmm. my reality of a bright and glorious future in heaven is going to be yes. done. And yes. I would just say to all of us listening, instead of wishing away our days in the predicament that we're in, let's have confidence that God is depositing mm-hmm. hope into us mm-hmm. where we are, yeah. no matter what we're facing. Mm-hmm. When you are, you feel all of the soil on top of mm-hmm. your seed, and you know the roots are kind of starting to grow, whatever situation you're in, just know that you will sprout one day. Mm -hmm. The seed will grow. And, you know, you just have to have faith that God is Mm -hmm. working 
and tilling that soil and doing all the gardening things yeah. that happen with a seed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Knowing that is how you push through and, and get the growth, mm-hmm. you know, because you're anchored in the Lord. Your eyes are on him. Right. I love to think about God's foreknowledge and just the fact that he exists outside of time. Mm, And so even in that verse where I know Mm -hmm. the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. We don't know it. They didn't know it, but he knew it. And so he already saw the end from the beginning, which is why he's saying, I love you. I haven't forgotten you. You know, I want this for your good. And I do have a plan for Mm -hmm. you, for my people. So I love just thinking about his sovereignty. And then I have a verse here scribbled down that, as you guys were talking, came to mind. And it's Jeremiah 32, 37 through 41. And it says, I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart and one purpose Mm -hmm. to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Mm -hmm. I will never stop doing good for them. I will Mm -hmm. put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me. Mm -hmm. I will find joy in doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. And it's like, oh my. Man, that's oh, so rich. I just want to start running around the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even to think, you know, 6th century BC, the city's destroyed, the temple's destroyed, and then eventually, you know, they're brought back, the temple's rebuilt. Yes. But then after Jesus happens again. Yep. Yep. Basically, yes. we're on repeat here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to think 2,000 years after the last temple was destroyed, Israel was no longer a nation. 1948, yes. they're suddenly a nation again. And it mm-hmm. happened in one day, like something crazy. Used to, they would read these prophecies and go, oh, well, maybe it's, you know, figurative. That right. We're still the people of Israel. No, God is going to bring them back. And so I think even right now in this day, like we are seeing a crazy fulfillment to prophecy that God, you're still in this. Even today, this isn't just an old ancient story. It's also a story that's happening right now. Mm, how mm. lucky are we? That verse was so great. And it's like the blessings, that the heart, the goodness of God. I'm like, what? We should just be weeping because of the grace of God, because they didn't deserve that. We don't deserve these good things. When people go, why, why, why did this happen? Why am I in this situation? It's like we could ask the other way. Why are we experiencing anything good? Why did you forgive me, God? Why are you having mercy on me? Why are you giving me another chance? Mm -hmm. Why? Who am I? Why would you let me be so blessed to know you? And it's amazing, the grace of God. Through all they did, they killed their babies. Mm -hmm. And he still pursues them. Pursues them and loves them and offers them Mm -hmm. grace upon grace. It's crazy. And I just, it's just, you know, he could have had the Babylonians kill every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they exiled them. Mm-hmm. I mean, their lives were spared. Not all of them. I mean, He's I know people died. He's a maker, covenant keeper. I know. Well, and some of them, he <laughs> gave a choice. Like King Zedekiah, he told him that surrender would actually be a form of protection. King Zedekiah wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so he was, Yeah, it was a bad deal for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think as we kind of wrap this up, I, I think I just want to speak to the listeners who mm-hmm. are you're in a hard time. You know, you are struggling. Someone is no longer in your life for some reason. A career is messed up. Um, Your child is wayward. You know, your health is not great. There's a ton of things that could be happening in anyone's life. And I would just say that, you know, pushing through them 
will bring you healing. It is a simultaneous action when you push through your pain Mm -hmm. and choose to grow through your pain because that's where healing really does occur. And so Mm -hmm. I would say that there will be a day, I want to just speak this in faith, that there will be a day where you will stop asking God why Mm -hmm. and you will start asking him how. You will stop saying, God, why did you let this happen? And you will start asking, how will you use this? Mm -hmm. And should we be so honored Mm -hmm. that the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the lover of our souls would come, send a son, die for us, and invite us to make a difference in someone's life and to know him? I mean, who are we? Mm -hmm. And what a gift that is. And so... I would just say, I guess here's a little takeaway for the the listener is think of the area in your life where you're waiting for a change to occur. And what do you need to do to begin growing right now? Mm-hmm. It's not great. tomorrow. To be planted right where you are. Right where Even you are. Even in exile. <laughs> Even in your exile. Mm-hmm. You, many of us are in our own exile. Mm-hmm. It's probably not as harsh as it was for the Israelites, but... What can you do right now to invest in your growing? Because mm-hmm. that is what God is in the business about, is changing lives. Mm-hmm. Amen. So does this verse apply to us? I would say it wasn't written to us, but man, we can look at God's timeless character and we can totally apply it to our own lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So good. This has been so rich and so meaningful, this text. Uh, but I just feel like, let me pray over everyone listening. So... Um, Just join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and we are amazed by you. We're amazed by your heart that waits for us to turn to you, that longs to reconcile all people to you, Lord. Your love astounds us. Your grace is amazing. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son to be our rescuer, our redeemer. Lord, I thank you that the plans that you have for us your people are so good. And Father, our hope is in you. I pray now for everyone listening that our hope would always be in you, Lord, and our trust would be completely in you and nothing of this world, but Father, only in you. And our eyes would stay fixed on you. That is where the growth will come as we just grow where we are. And Father, I thank you that We don't have to ever feel shaken. We can rest secure wherever we are and no matter how uncomfortable it is because surely your goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life and then we will dwell with you forever. So Father, thank you for being our living hope. Thank you for being our forever hope. And Lord, as we have received this good word, I pray it's planted into great soil and I pray it would bear a great harvest, not just to benefit our lives and our personal growth, but that we would spread this good news Mm. to the rest of the world so they can know you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. So digging into the backstory, this verse really blessed me personally, and I hope it did you as well. One additional thought that came up after we'd finished recording is how the seed of David, the lineage of Jesus, the Savior of the world, would have also been preserved through this exile we're talking about, which is, wow, just another fascinating layer on this topic. Okay, 
Guys, we know there are many angles of this story and we would love to hear from you. Probably the best way to connect is on Instagram. You can find us at The Messy Table Podcast. Tell us what you think, what stood out, and what extra messy details can you bring to the table? Y'all, as always, we'll link any resources mentioned in the conversation notes. You can subscribe for free wherever you like to stream and we'll meet you right back here next time. Until then, don't forget, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.